Okay, good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to First Church here in New Knoxville. I'd like to welcome those that are watching on Facebook Live and listening to the radio as well today. Would you please rise and join me to call a worship taken from Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10 and 17 through 22. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The righteous call out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. The Lord is close to the broken heart and save those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Even will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Please remain standing as we sing sing hymn number two, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to gather here together to worship and praise you. And what a privilege it is to come before you in prayer this morning, Father. We humble ourselves, Father, because we are not worthy to do this without the gift of your Son. We're so thankful for that, Father. Father, there's so many things we can be joyful for. Obviously, the rain we had the other night for our crops was sure special. And Father God, I lift up all those people on our prayers and concerns list. There are so many more, Father, so many more in our congregation, in our community, and surrounding churches and communities. There's so many people that are struggling with things, Father. Satan has made it his work to come and distress us. And Father God, we need to be bold, Father. We need to be faithful. We need to worship you. And when we do, Father, we need to put all those distractions behind us and come face to face and talk to you and tell us, tell you our concerns and our blessings. Father, we thank you for Pastor Tori this morning. The message she has is about prayer, Father. It's so special, Father, and I pray that everybody listening to her this morning will open their ears and be able to see and hear your true words, Father. So, Father, I pray that you bless Tori. I pray that she remains bold in her presentation this morning, Father. And Father God, I just, there's so many things going on in our world, Father, that I pray for the spirit of unity would come down upon us and drive out all the darkness that surrounds the churches, our communities, and our families. We get rid of the hurdles that, that seem to be getting in our way. And Father, I pray that that spirit of unity comes down and then we're all able to come together. You have called us to be one, one with you. And, Father, as we leave here today, I pray that you open our eyes to see all the opportunities that we have in front of us to spread the word of salvation. That's what you've called us to do, to come together. Father, as we leave here, I pray that we do that. We remain faithful to you, Father. We remain obedient to you. It is so important, Father. There's so many people that, are, that haven't heard this yet. And, Father, I just pray that we are the ones that can sow that first seed in them. Maybe somebody else can come along later on and water it, Father. But it's all for your glory, Lord. You are so mighty. You are so powerful. We thank you so much that we can gather here today to come and talk to you. We gather here today in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Now, Lord, children, come forward for the children's chat with Beth.
love my kiddos. I've missed you since vacation Bible school. Come on down. Good morning. Good morning. Come. It's so good to see you all. Come on up. It's been a very hot week. Have you guys been spending it in the water? Have you been going to the swimming pool, played in the sprinklers? What have you been doing to keep cool? very quiet this morning. Well, I brought a little something to help me this morning. What do you think I have here? Armor. We remember this from Vacation Bible School. So, just to review, what is this? The breastplate of righteousness, and we get that from Jesus. And what about what holds it in? What holds it up? The belt of truth, you're right. And the truth is Jesus Christ. What about these guys down here? Shoes of peace. Excellent. So when we go about our ways, we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, right? And what about this? There's a cross on it. It's a shield of faith. Excellent. So, we believe in Jesus Christ and what God can do for us. So, we put up our shield of faith. Um, And what about this? Helmet. So, we have the mind of Christ. What about this guy? Sword of the Spirit. Good job. So, we have all these pieces. We have all these pieces of armor that God gave us in Jesus Christ. So, now what? How do we use them? What do we have to do? What activates it? Put them on. When we're in God's army, who's in charge? God. Absolutely. He's our commander-in-chief. So how do we get messages from him? Pray. Absolutely. And that's what Pastor Tori's going to preach about today. Prayer. Prayer is so important. It's, it's that magic ingredient in your recipe it's the the power that can give you um the the uh what do i want to say it gives you the knowledge of how to use the armor in jesus christ so we have god who's the commander-in-chief we have jesus christ who is in every piece of the armor and then we pray to god and let the holy spirit give us the power to use them so what kind of prayers do you have We can pray all day long. We pray before our meals, right? We say, thank you, God, for this food you've given us. We pray at nighttime when we go to bed and say, God, protect us while we sleep and give us good dreams. We raise up in the morning and say, God has new mercies every morning. Thank you, God. So there are so many prayers we have. We have prayers that say, yay, God, you are just awesome. There's prayers that we ask for, like forgiveness. Sometimes we may not treat somebody nice. We ask God to heal our hearts of our wounds. Um, And that creates a relationship with God. And there, we're still putting our armor on in Jesus Christ through that prayer. And then, when we have our gospel, or our shoes of peace, and we share the gospel, Jesus is in that gospel. The Holy Spirit is helping us through prayer. When we pray, is it just us talking? Sometimes we have to ask for things, but not all the time. 
sometimes we have to sit quietly because prayer is just not us talking to God. It's God talking to us. And Jesus said in the Bible, my sheep hear my voice. So sometimes we have to be really quiet and really still and ask God, what is it you want us to know? So we just need to be still. And are we going to walk around all day long with our heads bowed and our, and our hands folded? No. When during vacation Bible school, when I'm teaching music, I'm praying that whole time. Because I'm asking God, what is it you want me to tell the, your beautiful kids? The kids that you love. These are your treasures. What do you want me to tell them? So in the back of my mind as I'm speaking to you, I'm asking God, what do you want me to say to them? Because he loves you so much. So we can be, and that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to pray without stopping. From the moment we wake up, thank you, God, to the moment we lay down at night, there's a running um, conversation with God going in the back of our mind, always speaking to him, saying, what do you want me to tell them? How do you want me to show them love? Lord, people are saying bad things about me. What do you want me to do about that? Put up your shield of faith. Use the sword of the Spirit. It's very powerful. So prayer is huge in learning how to use your armor. So don't stop that conversation with God. Pray nonstop. All right? Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your beautiful creation in these children, Lord. You love them so much, and I'm so happy to spend any time I can with them. Lord, really impress on their hearts that you want to talk to them just as much as they want to talk to you because you are their Abba Father. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to worship you today, and we just pray peace as we leave here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Beth. That was a great children's chat this morning. This, mor- uh, this time we are going to collect our offering. The offering goes towards eight days of hope today. And I invite you to continue on in worship as Kay and her sister uh, play His Name is Wonderful.
Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians 6, 10-20, which is on page 1177 in your pew Bibles. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of dark of, the, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the, be- the, breastplate, of armor of the breastplate of righteousness in, in place, and with your feet fitted with, right, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to the, all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me. That whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare the Lord fearlessly, as I should. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together. We thank you for the chance to come and to wrap up this series on the armor, Lord. I thank you for everything that you have taught us, uh, the way that you have led this series. And God, I pray that after today that it wouldn't have just been a series of sermons that were for a specific time, but we would take the armor with us every single day, Lord, that you would empower us to stand firm in the battle in you, Lord. God, I pray this morning as we talk about prayer that you would impress upon our hearts the importance of prayer, Lord, and to to remind us and to convict us to keep praying no matter what. And so, God, I pray that you would give me words to speak um, and that the things that we hear this morning, that we would put them into practice in our lives. We love you and we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Amen. So today is... An exciting day, kind of a sad day for me, because we are wrapping up our series on the armor of God, and it has been such a privilege to be able to share this with you. You know, back in 2022, it's been that long, uh, the Lord put it on my heart to start this series to make sure that Christ followers are aware and prepared to engage in spiritual warfare. Y'all needed to know that spiritual warfare is real and that it impacts us on earth in a very real way. Because like it or not, all born-again believers are involved in spiritual warfare. God and Satan, like we've talked about, are constantly at war over us in the spiritual realm. And Satan is doing everything in his power to separate us from God. And God is fighting for us. And this battle has been going on from the beginning of time. And it will go on until Christ returns and defeats Satan once and for all. And as born-again believers, you have the power and the equipment and the protection to fight back against the enemy and his schemes using the armor of God. You know, I think one of the main reasons I'm so passionate about this topic is because I was never taught any of this in the church. 
You know, I grew up in youth group. I grew up going to church every Sunday. And not once did I hear a sermon about the armor of God. Not once did my youth pastors tell me about the reality of spiritual warfare. So when I started experiencing it, when it started being, being real in my life, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how to handle it. And so when I started digging into this and learning about it, I was, I was kind of angry because none of these things were taught by the church. And, you know, the church as a whole has really ignored the reality of spiritual warfare. Christians in biblical times understood this reality very well. They knew that they were up against spiritual forces of evil, that there was darkness, and all of those things were very oppressive on them, right? But sadly, the modern church, especially here in America, has tried to pretend that spiritual warfare doesn't exist. Or, even worse, we've tried to explain it away. And so because of our ignorance, we become a body of believers that are completely unaware and unequipped to engage in this battle. But not anymore. You and I can no longer claim ignorance because we have been made aware of spiritual warfare, of our need for the armor of God. We un- and we've talked a lot, we've spent a lot of time talking about the spiritual battle and each piece of the armor and its function. So by now, you should understand the function and protection of the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes of peace, and the helmet of salvation. You should know how to pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit to defend against the enemy and his attacks. And now it's time for all of us to put on each piece of the armor, to pick up that shield and that sword. And we do that through prayer, like Beth talked about this morning. Prayer is our battle strategy. You know, Roman soldiers had two ways of communicating on the battlefield. If they needed to get a message to a group of people or a runner, and that runner would take that message and go as quickly as possible to deliver the message to the right person. But sometimes they couldn't send a runner. Sometimes they were in the middle of the battle. Sometimes the enemy was coming against them and the person couldn't get through the enemy lines to, to communicate that message, or the distance was just too far for them to run. And so they kind, the Romans kind of developed like an early form of text messaging. So we can thank them for that. Uh, but they used these flags, and these, fra- these flags were bright red, and they had numbers 1 through 5 painted on each flag. And they were, fi- they were fixed to these 12-foot-long poles. And in the center of the flag was their alphabets. And it was arranged in a grid with five columns and five rows. And so the, for when the soldiers needed to relay a message, they would use that grid, and they would use those sets of flags. And so one soldier would hold up one flag, and the other soldier might hold up two or three flags. And so the, other, the people around them knew, okay, I just need to find, match up on the grid what that flag is and that flag is, and that would bring them to like the letter B. And so they would do that over and over and over again, holding up different sets of flags at different times to spell out the message. And this method allowed them to communicate quickly and efficiently um, when it came to battle strategies, attack plans, or to give warnings to the men on their battlefield. And it kept them unified, and it allowed them to gain victory over the enemy because they were really good at communicating. You know, good communication was the difference between life and death on the battlefield. And communication was key to victory in battle. 
And in just like Roman soldiers had ways to communicate, believers have been given a much quicker and more efficient way of communicating with our commander on the battlefield, and that's through prayer. Prayer is essential to the life of the Christ follower. And prayer is key to victory and spiritual warfare. And Paul knew this. Paul knew the importance of prayer. And so he closes his letter to the church in the book of Ephesians by laying out a battle strategy. And it's all centered on prayer. He says in Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So Paul tells us five times in two verses to pray. So that means that prayer is pretty important, right? Because prayer is our battle strategy. Paul tells us that we have to be praying people. We have to pray persistently in the Spirit on all occasions, and we need to persistently pray for each other. And even though prayer is not technically a piece of the armor, it's essential to each piece. It's through prayer that we pick up and put on each piece of the armor. It's what binds those pieces together and enables us to use them each day. It's what enables us to stay connected and in constant communication with Christ on and off the battlefield. It unifies us with other believers, and prayer is what empowers us to stand firm in the battle. You know, prayer is designed to deepen our relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through those daily conversations with them, right? And just like a conversation with a friend is not meant to be one-sided, our prayer life isn't either right? It's a constant back and forth of us talking to God and him listening and then him talking to us and us listening. But we tend to have kind of a one-sided prayer life. I know I'm guilty of this too. We take time to pray for the things that we want and that we need. We ask God to bless our day, bless our families, and then we go about our day, right? And we don't give him the chance to then speak. We just ask him to bless those things and then we're done. And we kind of treat God like a cosmic vending machine when we pray sometimes. Um, And I think that's because we don't understand how God designed prayer. See, God loves you so much, and he wants that personal relationship with you. But he knows that relationships require constant communication. You can't have a good relationship with someone if you're not willing to talk to them, right? And so he gave us the gift of prayer so that you and I can be in constant communication with him. Prayer helps us to seek the Lord and his will in any and all situations. It aligns us with him and his plans and purposes. You know, if all we're doing is coming to God with a laundry list of requests and hoping that he'll just like check every box, then we're missing the point of prayer completely. When Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray in Matthew 6, he tells the disciples not to be like the hypocrites and the idolaters because they stood in the synagogue and they just prattled on about different things and their prayers really had no meaning to them. And instead, he says in Matthew verses 6 and 8, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Don't be like the hypocrites and the idolaters because your father in heaven knows the things that you need before you ask him. Jesus then goes on to teach the disciples to pray by giving them the Lord's prayer. 
And what the Lord's Prayer is something we say every single Sunday. And sometimes we kind of just do it and we go through the motions. Um, but have, if you read that prayer, have you ever noticed that that prayer is not about us at all? Uh, it's all about the Lord and his kingdom and his will on earth and in heaven. And yes, there are parts that have to do with us, like, you know, asking for forgiveness because we need forgiveness um, and asking God to provide. But we are not the center of that prayer. Prayer is not about us. It's not about getting what we want from God or manipulating him into answering our requests as if we actually could do that, right? Um, But it's about seeking God and seeking his will and then praying in accordance with that will. And so when Paul tells us to pray in Ephesians 6, he actually gives us a specific way to pray. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So what does it mean to pray in the spirit? It's actually pretty simple. It means to allow the Holy Spirit to direct us as we pray. Pray in line with the things he wants us to be praying for. It means that we seek the Lord and his will instead of bringing that laundry list of items for him to check off. And a simple way to do this is by starting your prayer time off by getting rid of that list and asking the Lord, okay, what do you want me to pray for? Holy Spirit, help me to see what you need me to be praying for and then pray through me as I pray. And praying like this really isn't natural um, because in order to pray in the spirit and to seek God and his will through prayer, we have to know God first, right? We have to be in the word because God's word reveals his will, his truth, his promises, and his character. We cannot pray for the will of God to be known or to be done if we don't know him first. But praying like this is also not natural because it requires us to surrender our will to his will. It requires us to get rid of that laundry list and to say, God, you know what's going on, and I know that you can work in it. Show me where I need to be praying today. And you know, just like it took, uh, think back to those uh, communication flags that the Roman soldiers used on that battlefield. You know, they had to learn to use those flags off the battlefield in training first in order to be able to use them properly during war. And so it took time. It took practice. And it wasn't something that would naturally come to them at first, right? But by, with practice and with repetition, uh, the guys that carried those flags, when they stepped onto that field, they knew exactly how to communicate. They knew exactly what to do when they needed to get a message across. And they trusted that the soldiers around them could interpret that message and act on it just as quickly, And so just like it took time and practice for them to be able to communicate on the battlefield, it takes time for us to develop that persistent effort. It takes commitment to making sure that prayer is a priority every single day. And cultivating a regular rhythm of prayer in our lives is essential to victory within spiritual warfare. You and I need to be in constant communication with God daily so that when the enemy comes against us, When we start experiencing the battle, we know how to reach out and to communicate with God and how to be victorious in that attack. Daniel is someone that immediately comes to mind when I think about what this looks like. In Daniel 6, some of the king's officials were were jealous of his position and his authority in the kingdom. They knew that Daniel was a man of prayer. And that he prayed three times a day without fail. And so they went to the king and they issued, they asked him to issue this 30 day edict that was designed to trap Daniel. 
And the edict stated that you could only pray to the king and to no one else. And so they could not pray to God or to man or to anybody else's God. And if anyone was caught going to pray to God or to man, they would be thrown in the lion's den. And it says in verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upper room opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed. And he gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. The best line in that, in that passage is just as he had done before. See, Daniel's trust in the Lord and his confidence and what the Lord's will was, was developed during that regular time of prayer. Daniel had cultivated this life of prayer before the edict was ever signed, before he ever came face to face with the lion. He, because, and because of that, he knew exactly how to respond to, to the enemy when that edict was issued. He threw up those battle flags and dropped to his knees in prayer just as he had been doing his entire life. So you and I need to cultivate a spirit-dependent prayer life. We need to develop regular rhythms of prayer because not only does it deepen our relationship with God and our trust in him, but it aligns us with God's will and his purpose. It enables us to quickly and confidently communicate with God when we're facing a spiritual battle. And then we can respond how God wants us to because we've been in in constant communication with him. So instead of freaking out when those things come, we can be like Daniel and we can drop to our knees in prayer because we've been doing that all along. Prayer is what wins the battle. So my question for you is what does your prayer life look like right now? Are you praying? Are you taking time each day to sit with the Lord and to talk to him, but also allow him to talk to you? It, ta- it's, it takes some work, right? Because not, we're not very good at just sitting and being still, right? Uh, but it's worth it. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to direct how and when and what you pray for? It is so important for us as believers to be praying. Because persistent, spirit-led prayer is what enables us to stand firm in the Lord. It enables us to fight in the battle and to be victorious against the enemy and his attacks. You know, after a year and a half of doing research on the Roman army, it's kind of easy to see why they were such a force to be reckoned with. And they were completely unified in their training, in their battle strategies, and in the way they maneuvered and fought on the battlefield. Roman soldiers never went into battle alone, and they never fought alone. You know, the other week at Bible study, we were talking about being vulnerable with um, each other and sharing the hard stuff that we're walking through with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And the overwhelming response to that conversation from our students was, why would I do that? That's uncomfortable. Nobody needs to know what I'm going through because that shows weakness. I can deal with my problems on my own. And when I heard that, my heart broke for our students. But then I got angry because I realized our students learn that attitude from us adults. We as adults are not good at getting raw and real and vulnerable, right? And that's a prevailing attitude in the church. The church, especially here in the United States, has often prided itself on self-sufficiency and handling problems on our own without help. And so we don't ask about each other's problems, and we certainly don't tell anyone what we're going through. 
And so we've got generations of people sitting in the pews on Sunday mornings going through unimaginable pain. And they are fighting battles that they cannot handle on their own. And church, it is not supposed to be this way. We are not supposed to fight alone, but we're doing it anyway. Why? Because we're afraid to share. We're afraid to get real with each other. We're not designed to fight alone. We're not strong enough. And that's okay. Because part of our battle strategy for victory and spiritual warfare is praying for each other. In verse 18, Paul says, With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the Lord's people. So when Paul says to pray for each other, he's not asking you to pray nice little prayers, you know, just like bless this person or whatever. No, he's saying jump in the trenches. Get next to your brother or sister in Christ and pray for them because they are going through something. And so we can see an example of what this looks like in Acts 12. When Peter was in prison, he was waiting to be executed by Herod. And Herod was attacking people all across the board that belonged to the church. He killed the disciple James by the sword. And he was waiting. He was coming for Peter next. And so he put Peter in what would be considered to our day um, a supermax prison, right? Peter had, was chained to guards. He was, had other guards keeping watch over him 24-7. And so Peter was locked down and locked in, and he really had no hope of getting out. But Acts 12.5 says that Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church rallied around Peter and started flooding heaven with prayers for Peter. And God responded by sending an angel to rescue Peter because of the prayers of the church. The angel removed the chains and walked Peter safely through every single gate of that prison, past every single guard. And so after he got out, Peter went to Mary's house. And there he found the church praying for him. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling in that moment, knowing that a whole body of believers were just storming heaven on his behalf. See, the enemy thought that he was going to be able to take Peter's life by using Herod to execute him. But Peter was set free from that prison because God's people hit their knees and did not stop praying for him while he was in prison. They had no idea how God would answer their prayers, but they kept praying anyway. Prayer is powerful. God has given us a body of believers to do exactly what the church did for Peter. We've all got battles we're fighting. We've all got proverbial prisons and chains that we're fighting against, but we're not strong enough to overcome them on our own. And there are probably people in this congregation or listening on the radio or tuning in on Facebook Live that are actively battling addiction right now. They're trying to fight that battle on their own, but it's not a battle that they can or should fight alone. It's time for us to jump in the trenches and be praying for them. More than likely, there are marriages in our congregation that are in shambles. The divorce lawyer is on the other line. They are ready to call it quits. We've got to be praying. There are people in this congregation, in this room right now, that are fighting battles that nobody sees. Anxiety, depression, loneliness other things that aren't visible to our human eyes, right? But it's still very real. It is time for us to be a church that jumps in the trenches and start praying for and with each other. So my challenge to you this morning is to find some friend and get real with them about the battles that you are facing. 
If you're in a battle right now, can I just encourage and challenge you for a moment? Get vulnerable with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, from Jackie Hill Perry. She's one of my favorites. And they were talking, it was a marriage podcast. It was definitely one I needed to hear. Um, But they were talking about communication and how to argue well in marriage. And they ended on this whole thing about vulnerability. And she said something that has just stuck with me over and over and over again. She said that being vulnerable with the people that love us gives us the gives them the chance to love us better so when we are raw and we're real and we say hey i'm going through something and i need help guess what that person can love us well by coming alongside of us and praying for us but it's scary it's hard to open up about those things right you're afraid that people will judge you for the battles you're facing and i get it it's hard to take that step of faith and to say hey my life's a mess can you pray for me and there, but I can tell you that it's worth it. And I can tell you that there are people in this room right now that would love nothing more than to come alongside of you and pray for you and to pray with you and to fight with you through prayer. So today, I want you to think about who are those people? Who are those people in your life that you could go up to and just say, hey, I got something going on and I really need prayer right now. There are battles that we just can't fight alone, and that's okay because God didn't design us to fight alone. But we can fight and war on behalf of our other brothers and sisters in Christ. We can enter into those trenches and be victorious over the enemy through prayer because that's how God designed the church to fight and to function and to win the battles. Here's the truth, though. The enemy does not want you praying. He does not want you to develop a regular rhythm of prayer. He doesn't want you to be praying for other people. He doesn't want you to ask the Holy Spirit how to pray every single day. Why? Because the enemy knows the power of prayer. He has been defeated by the prayers of believers time and time again. And he will do everything in his power to distract you and to keep you from praying. He'll interrupt your time in prayer. But his best attack against prayer is convincing believers that prayer doesn't work and that it has no power. Think back to all the times that you have prayed for something and you and it wasn't answered in the way that you thought God should have answered it. Did the thought ever cross your mind, well I guess prayer doesn't work or maybe God isn't hearing me or he isn't listening or he's not acting on the time frame that I want him to? Guess what? That's the enemy creeping in there saying, well, Prayer must not work, has no power, because he wants you to believe that. But God always answers prayer, period. Always answers prayer. He doesn't, just, he doesn't always answer the way we want or on our timetable or give us the things that we think we need, but he always answers prayer. God tells us in James 5, verse 16, that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. So I'm going to draw our attention back to Daniel because he was a righteous man. He understood the power and the purpose of prayer. And in chapter 9 and 10, Daniel knew that Israel was being held captive in Babylon for 70 years. And he knew that that timetable, that 70-year time frame, was coming to an end. And in order for it to really come to an end, he knew that repentance and confession had to happen on behalf of Israel before that 70-year period was up. And so Daniel, doing what he had always done, began to pray. And he prayed for 21 days. He fasted, he prayed, he mourned, he sought the Lord and his will 
through prayer. And at the end of his prayer and confession, of confession and repentance, he begged the Lord to act on their behalf. He says in Daniel 9, 19, Lord, listen, Lord, forgive, Lord, hear and act for your sake, my God. Do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. And it took 21 days for Daniel to receive an answer. 21 days of praying and begging and wondering how the Lord would answer. But the Lord was working during those 21 days. Daniel couldn't see it, but there was an epic battle happening in the heavenly realms while he was here on earth battling on behalf of Israel. And after 21 days, an angel of the Lord came to him with this message. He says, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. And now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. So the angel the Lord sent to give this message to Daniel had to fight through the heavenly realms in order to get this message to him. So for 21 days, the angel of the Lord was fighting and he was being resisted by the enemy in the spiritual realm. But Daniel kept praying. Daniel kept fighting. And I'm sure that it was tempting for Daniel to give up on day 10. I know I would have probably gotten a little bit tired by day 17, you know, but he kept praying. And so after that, the angel came to him and gave him that message. And it's a reminder that even if God doesn't answer your prayer on your timetable or in the way you want, he always, always answers. We just need to keep seeking the Lord through prayer. You know, all throughout scripture, we see how God works through the prayers of his people because prayer is a powerful weapon against the enemy. And we've seen how the enemy is disarmed through prayer, through the life of Daniel and through uh, Peter as well. And God still works that way in our lives too. God loves to work through prayer. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes we don't get the answers that we want or that we think we deserve. Sometimes we have to wait days weeks, even years for those people or those prayers to be answered. I know I've been praying for people that are very close to me for years to know Jesus. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm not going to stop praying. And if you have people in your life that you want to know Jesus, don't stop praying. Do not stop praying. Don't give up. It's easy to get discouraged, but be like Daniel, hit your knees and keep praying. Be like one of the members of the early church and keep on praying. Priscilla Schreier in her study on the armor of God says this about prayer. Prayer is not only the way in which we communicate with God, but also the divinely authorized method by which we grab hold of Christ and gain access to his power, his promises, and his victory. So we've spent an entire year and a half talking about how to defeat and disarm and fight against the enemy and his schemes in our life. God has given us the armor to put on every single day through prayer. Each piece is fortified with Jesus, with his protection and his power to defeat the enemy and his attacks in your life. And now it's time for war. It's time for us to stop being ignorant and to go into battle and to face the enemy and to fight back. 
And so it's time, we got to fight with our armor on. We got to hit our knees in prayer because remember, you fight from a place of victory. The victory has already been secured through Jesus Christ. And the Lord is fighting with you and for you. So it's time for us to get dressed, to pick up those weapons and to fight and to hit your knees and to not stop praying. That's our battle strategy. That's how we win. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for showing us the importance of prayer. Father God, I pray that we would take your message with us through every single day this week. Help us to wake up every single morning and put on the armor, you in prayer, seeking you and your will and your faith, Lord. Father God, I pray for us as a body of believers that you would help us to come alongside of each other that you would help us to be real and honest with each other of what we're going through, what we're fighting against. God, that's how you designed us. You designed us to fight together and alongside of you. So God, I pray that you would just equip equip us, empower us, and help us to boldly walk from this place knowing that we fight from a position of victory, that we fight with you, and that you are constantly fighting for us. God, we just thank you for your love. We thank you that you love us so much that you want that relationship with us, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as we leave this place this morning, that you would lead and guide us every step of the way. Amen. This time, I'm going to invite you all to stand and worship um, with hymn number 435, What a Friend We Have in Jesus.
beginning of this series, I've shared a prayer with you from Dr. David Jeremiah's book, The Spiritual Warfare Answer Book. And I want to close our service this morning by praying this prayer over us. So would you join me in prayer? God, your warriors are prepared for battle. Today we claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. We put on the belt of truth. May we stand firm in the truth of your word so that we will not be a victim of Satan's lies. We put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard our hearts from evil so that we will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. We put on the shoes of peace. May we stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through us and be a light to everyone we encounter. We take up the shield of faith. May we, be, may we be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, and deceit so that we will not be vulnerable to spiritual defeat. We put on the helmet of salvation. May you keep our minds focused on you so that Satan will not have a stronghold over our thoughts. We take up the sword of the spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in our hands so that we can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, we have put on the whole armor of God. We are your warriors and are prepared to live in spiritual victory today. Amen. You may go in peace.